Hello there, and welcome to episode three of the Rural Education Podcast. I am your host, Alan Hoffman. In case you skipped right into episode two, uh, I am an English teacher. I am the English teacher. I am the English department at uh, Savage Public School in Savage, Montana. It's a small school, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast was because I wanted to reach out to fellow educators that might also be in kind of the same situation where uh, they are a one-person department or they're just in a really small school setting and, and talk about what education is like in in those kinds of settings. And one of the things that I want to talk about today is one of the the cool and fun parts about being a small town educator and that is that you get to wear a lot of different hats and you, you almost have to uh, wear a lot of different hats. The the story that I kind of want to start off with today, uh, this is, and I'm still in my first year of teaching, so obviously this is from my first year, but I want to flash back to, I think it was December 18th, and it's our last day uh, before Christmas break or winter break, uh, whatever terminology you'd like to use, and I was just kind of hanging around the gym. We had done kind of a dodgeball tournament that day. You kind of know how the last day before break gets done. Uh, the, the kids have one, one eye out the door already, so we kind of just made it a fun day for them this year. Um, but we were just kind of cleaning up around the gym and I turned the corner and there my superintendent was talking to uh, our athletic director and they were talking about elementary basketball and they looked at me and they said, Alan, how would you like to coach elementary basketball? And I said, well, I don't know anything about basketball. That doesn't matter. Well, okay. I'll do it. And just like that, um, I became an elementary basketball coach. And this was stepping out of my comfort zone on a number of levels. Uh, for one, uh, as I had indicated, I I don't know a whole lot about basketball. I know a little bit Um but I stopped playing organized basketball in eighth grade. Uh, I didn't even try to going out for teams when I was in high school. That may be due in part to the fact that I went to a large high school and would have had to try out. Uh, but I and I didn't play even like pickup ball in college. Uh, you know, I knew a little bit of the game just from watching it and being a sports journalist for a while. But as far as coaching it, not my thing. Um, when it comes to coaching, I'm more of a track person where you just kind of, you know, tell them to run fast and turn left. And that is more or less the extent to your strategies. Basketball with its screens and trying to get open looks and zone defenses is a little over my head. I will perfectly be honest. Um, but that's not what they were really looking for. The other reason why it was out of my comfort zone is because I am a high school uh, teacher. Um, I do teach down to sixth grade. Um, again, small town. I teach each grade, six through twelve, in English. Uh, but I this was going to be working with not only sixth graders but fourth and fifth graders as well. And I am not used to their attention spans. And those of you that maybe work uh, more in the elementary realm can relate to that. Uh, I'm also not used to the things that they consider to be a big deal. You know, so-and-so called me this name or, uh, you know, I'm not used to uh, the crying <laughs> that was 
um, taking place in, in elementary basketball. Um, but that's how it went down, is I basically was in the right place at the right time, or the wrong place at the right time, uh, I guess, depending on how you would view the chance to coach elementary basketball. And I became an elementary basketball coach. Uh, just like that, it was out of necessity. No one, uh, no other teacher had stepped up. No one in the community really wanted to take it. Um, and so there I was, and me and the athletic director, or I should say the athletic director and I, I am an English teacher, uh, we coached uh, elementary basketball. And I ended up taking uh, taking over the girls uh, for the most part. We, we tried to do kind of a, a dual coach uh, type thing and run the practices at the same time, but you know, we found that kind of ran into some problems. So we ended up, I, I took the girls and he took the boys and gave them a little bit more individualized attention that way. Uh, and, uh, you know, I my first game solo coaching was a win. I will brag about that. Uh, but the rest of the season was, was not so fun. But I think the kids had fun, and I know I had fun too, uh, which is kind of the, the most important thing when you're at that age. Uh, you don't have the parents that are breathing down your neck trying to get wins and and stuff like that. It's just about teaching fundamentals and, and having some fun and making sure that everyone gets playing time. And that was really my objective and that's what we were able to do. But this kind of fits into my larger picture because, and you do this in, in all schools. Uh, you know, I went to a large high school and my math teacher was my cross-country coach and uh, a history teacher was a track coach and, um, you know, coaches were, you know, teachers a lot. Uh, and extracurricular activities are run by teachers or staff all the time. So this isn't something that's strictly uh, within the realm of small schools. But it's the fact that you, the, you in a small school, you almost have to wear uh, these extra hats. Um, you have to take on that role. Uh, we You need to have people that will step up and be ticket takers for games. And you need to have people that will uh, stand up and say, sure, I will run the concession stands this year, um, or I will coach a sport um, that we have a need for. Um, but it extends beyond that. I mean, I think just about everyone on our staff, uh, and this includes elementary teachers, um, are, are high school class advisors, uh, which I find kind of interesting is that you know, even, you know, our, our kindergarten teacher is one of our senior class advisors. I think it helps that uh, she has a son that's a senior, um, but still, uh, she's not the only um, elementary teacher that uh, has stepped up when it comes to class advising, because uh, everyone, everyone chips in. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm drawn to these smaller schools is because it's uh, very much so a community effort. Uh, in terms of making sure that we can put on things like sporting events. Uh, and we have things where, you know, we have ticket takers and concession stands, and uh, they were very excited to know that I had radio experience because that meant they had an announcer for football games and someone to do the lineups. Um, I actually got uh, called in to do a lot of running clock for junior high football games, and then volleyball and then basketball and my joke was if there was a way to run track or uh, run clock for track I would do that too 
Um, but then also, you know, everyone pitches in to make sure that we have class advisors and we make sure that we have a prom and we have the dinners and the concerts and the things like that that you expect out of a school. And, and all of that really comes from that community effort um, from uh, the, the teachers that are there. And one of the things that, that really intrigues me about that um, from a small school perspective is the fact that you have to do that. Um, you can't just stay in your room and not be involved uh, in some level. Uh, I cannot, I personally cannot think of a teacher on our staff that doesn't do something extracurricular uh, for the kids. Um, and a lot of it's sports related because that's the nature of the beast. Uh, small towns, uh, sports are going to be uh, the big draw, so to speak. Uh, and so that's where a lot of it comes from. You know, I know our math teacher has run the chain gang um, before for high school football. Um, you know, our science teacher coaches volleyball. Our history teacher did concessions. A lot of it's sports-based. But again, you know, a lot of it too is, you know, there are teachers that help out with student council. Um, there are teachers that help out with uh, Missoula Children's Theater. And I guess that actually would be one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it for, for episode two, because as I was uh, coming up with my episode ideas uh, within that week, uh, this was actually last week, um, I was approached by our superintendent and uh, our principal uh, to to take on two additional roles. Um, and one was Missoula Children's Theater, uh, the person that's going to be our principal. She's our principal now, but she'll be uh, that more official next year. Uh, she was going to be, um, or she has been, I should say, uh, the Missoula Children's Theater kind of point person um, for a number of years. And uh, that week is a lot of work for that individual. And so, uh, lo and behold, here's a new English teacher. He seems like he might be okay for this position. Hey, do you want to do it? And the answer is yes. Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. And then the next thing was uh, we don't have a National Honor Society at our school, and we're looking to bring that back. And uh, I was, I, I joked at our faculty meeting that I was volunteered uh, to run point on that. Um, but it's something that I'm very happy to do and very excited to do um, because I think it's a way for us to celebrate academics at our school, which right now is is a little bit lacking. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm very excited, but I was you know, as I was trying to come up with uh, what did I want to do for this this second episode, and I thought, well, isn't this just the kind of the quintessential um, small-town educator thing where you have to wear different hats? Um, you, I mean, you have to. There's, there's not a choice of just staying in your room. Um, you have to be out there. Uh, and you have to be doing things, or else these things just don't happen. Whereas in a in a larger school where you have a, a large faculty, uh, you might be able to say, well, somebody will start a book club. I don't have to do it. Or someone will run National Honor Society. Maybe I don't have to. But here it's, mm, yeah, I, you know, if someone's going to do it, it's going to be me. 
Um, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast at these these small schools. There's no just focusing on on what you do. And and while that that can be kind of time consuming, I know that when I started um, elementary basketball, my one of my initial thoughts was, oh, now it's basically I have eight classes that I have to prep for instead of seven because I have to I have to coach these. Uh, elementary kids in basketball so what are we going to do each day I kind of have to plan out our activities like okay we're going to work on defense today or we're going to work on shooting today or we're going to run through plays today and you kind of had to plan that it might not be as intensive um, especially at the elementary level as say planning for senior English but it was still something that you had to prep for but I think one of the things that it does um, that getting into uh, these situations does is that it allows you to really get out and meet the community um, especially as I said when things are related to sports uh, you know it, it's it's kind of that's how education is is people don't really see how education works uh, there, we're in our rooms, we're in our own building. Um, you know, you don't really ever drive past the school and watch kids study. Uh, you can't, you don't watch them, you know, take tests. Um, but you do come and watch them play sports. And I think it's, it's very important, um, not only for the kids to have, uh, you know, their teachers involved in what they're doing, but I think it's also important for the community to see that as well. Um, it's really important for the community to see that the teachers are invested in what's going on. Uh, the teachers are invested in helping out with game day or helping out with, um, you know, we're going to have a spring celebration coming up in May um, where everyone will get together and basically we'll celebrate our entire school and the, the things that we've accomplished this year. Uh, and it's going to be important that teachers are... Um, working at that and are visible at that uh, and it's a way for us to to meet the community I know one of the things that I've kind of missed out on in my first year is I, I didn't get the chance to be a ticket taker because I was always uh, either announcing or running clock and so I didn't get to meet and greet the people as they came into the school but I know that's a way that a lot of people get to meet um, teachers and interact with teachers uh, and I and I think at, at some level at least I would hope at some level um, seeing you know a teacher at a game and not only just at a game not only just attending the game but uh, you know taking part in the game and making sure that the game can happen or making sure that this opportunity can happen for their child maybe that that softens that divide a little bit that can happen between uh, parents and teachers and so it, it's not only uh, something that's that's beneficial for for the students to see that you know yeah the teachers are, are here and they're supporting us and they're actually helping us do this uh, you know the parents see it too they see that you know we're taking tickets and running concessions and and running the 50-50 and making sure that our students have uh, the same opportunities that other students would have uh, at a, maybe a larger school or a different school. And that's that's one of the things that I really like about 
the fact that you almost have to uh, wear these different hats. And so, you know, that's that. And I think that's kind of the, the, the quintessential experience of being a small town educator. So I'll, I'll leave you with, with one last story uh, as it results to, to wearing different hats or, or taking part in maybe the settings that you're, you're maybe not used to working in. And that's uh, what our music teacher did this year. And it was, I thought was really, really fun and exciting is he, uh, he opened up pet band to the community this year. Uh, it's, you know, a small school, your, your pet band might not be large. <laughs> you might be missing, uh, you know, entire sections of your, of your band. And so we opened it up to other, other people in the community, uh, and they would meet on Mondays and they'd play at games and stuff like that. And it, and it really helped the sound of our pet band. I thought it was, was really cool and exciting. However, I was not able to take part in this really because I was running clock for basketball games. Uh, and as much as I would have loved to have done pet band, it's really hard to run clock and play at the same time. But once tournament started and I was able to get into uh, or, or stop running clock, um, you know, I picked up my, my tuba and joined the pet band and as a result, got into games for free. Um, but it was just another way to kind of be with the students and support them and, and make something that they were doing, um, you know, that much more worthwhile and better because um, they didn't have a tuba section. Um, so I was able to supply that, if you will. And that was just one of the, the things that, uh, you know, I was able to, to add and do uh, where, you know, at a larger school, maybe I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, so that's that's where I was coming from on, on this, is that, you know, it's it's a lot of different hats, and sometimes it's very official roles, um, like being a class advisor. Sometimes it's just helping out with games like running the chain gang or running the clock or announcing. And sometimes it's as simple as picking up your horn and joining the community pet band uh, for the district tournament. Because at a small school, everyone has to uh, wear these different hats. Everyone has to uh, take part uh, beyond their classroom. And I just, I think that's one of the most exciting ways uh, to illustrate what it's like uh, to be a small town educator. So that's going to wrap it up here for episode two. Um, I'm going to try to get these out. My my initial plan was to do them once a week. I might might scale that back to, to every two weeks. Um, but if you have an idea for a podcast episode, um, you can certainly contact me. I have a lot of different ways in which you can contact me. Um, you can email me at ruraledpodcast. That's R-U-R-A-L-E-D p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com rural ed podcast at gmail.com you can certainly email me there uh, you can tweet at me also at rural ed podcast and i'm also on facebook too if you go to facebook.com slash rural ed podcast uh, you can be there and then also rural ed podcast uh, dot blogspot.com is the official uh, website or blog 
of uh, the show, if you will. And uh, so you can always uh, comment there um, or send me an email, send me a tweet, um, like me on Facebook and uh, all of that good stuff. Um, because remember, I would like this to be kind of an educational opportunity for me uh, and others. Uh, so, you know, email me with how you wear different hats in your school. And I'd especially love to hear from those of you that maybe aren't in rural education. Uh, what are the hats that you wear at your school? Um, how does this look in your schools? And are there some teachers at your school that you're like, mm, yeah, I wish they would be a little bit more involved outside of their classroom. I'd be really interested to see how that works uh, from from a larger school's perspective. But, yeah, again, remember, just email me, rural ed podcast at gmail.com tweet at me at rural ed podcast like me on facebook uh, facebook.com slash rural ed podcast or of course uh, visit us online at rural ed podcast.blogspot.com i do need to give a uh, shout out to my friend justin davis uh, he was the one that uh, designed the logo and art for this podcast uh, which hopefully will be up on itunes soon I'm still kind of working out how to do that, but uh, a big thanks to Justin for that. Um, he actually has been an English educator in Korea for a number of years, uh, and so uh, he's got some ideas about doing some distance learning uh, type episodes on this podcast, and I think that'd be something very interesting to get into, um, especially with uh, Montana really stepping into Digital Academy the last couple of years, um, so we'll look for that in the horizon. But uh, in the meantime, please uh, reach out to me. Tell me how you wear hats at uh, your your school. And uh, if you have any suggestions, criticisms, ideas on how the podcast is going or what it could do in the future, uh, just let me know. I'm happy to help. So until then, this has been Episode 2 of the Rural Education Podcast. I'm Alan Hoffman, and we will see you in two weeks. <laughs>